All right, everybody, welcome back to the best hour of the day. Fern here with uh, a good friend of mine, Mr. Adrian Conway. And uh, if you don't know who that is, he has got a pretty extensive background. Collegiate football player, games athlete, seminar staff member, affiliate owner, CrossFit Games champion, yep. FNX man. Yes, sir. That's a, that's a legit resume, dude. As I was saying it, I was like, all right, that's, that's good shit. Okay. Uh, how you been, yeah. man? Thank you, brother. First of all, I'm I'm, I'm honored to have, be a be a guest here. Um, I'm doing well, about as well as we could all be doing amidst this corona chaos, is what I'll call it, I suppose. Um, <laughs> but you know, trying to find some normalcy in life and set up some routines around the house and keep business hopefully trending in a in a good direction. And that's really that's really what I've been up to on a day to day, man. I think that that's probably like a good place to start. I, I just think there's a lot of people just struggling with like where to put their attention. So like for you, I mean, obviously you got a lot of things going on. So you do some programming for Brute, you work with some athletes, obviously you got a ton going on with FNX. I'm assuming you're still training like at a, probably a crazy high volume for most people, but you know, dialed back for you, obviously I would imagine, but still training pretty, pretty heavily. Uh, obviously you're a dad of two, a husband business owner <laughs> i mean so yes, how, do, how do you so what's kind of like where's your focus at these days are so are you guys in complete lockdown there that's the first question i should ask yeah i mean so we you know our gym was asked to shut the doors uh man i want to say second week of march maybe maybe march 10 somewhere in that window and uh they told us we would likely come back you know april 1 and of course that's tremendously changed and, and we pivoted uh to now expecting hopefully you know sometime early may um but but once that started to happen we made the same kind of uh changes to the company at fnx of course telling everyone to work from home and, and kind of really start to put our practices into a, more of a remote uh type service business and that includes the the direct consumer side of what we do with fnx and supplements and then also from the service that we offer at our gym so um, both of those things are taking a good bit of my, my time and effort, um, primarily because now that we're online, especially as a gym, it's like, I got to find a way to provide value to all of our members as much as possible. So it's like we're releasing three to four workouts a day, depending on what the resources of our members are. We're of course renting out equipment. We're trying to host a couple workouts on zoom per week. Um, so, you know, of course, that locking that down, uh, making sure that those things from a schedule perspective were set up, collaborating with the coaches that are there in the day-to-day -day, uh, with the perspective, man, we really had to do some forethought uh, in regards to like, okay, what if this comes to a complete shutdown and lockdown? Are we going to be deemed essential um, or involved with supplements which can also kind of be pushed into a food category so we're fortunate in, in the way that uh, our manufacturing fulfillment are going to continue to stay up and running which we're tremendously blessed about um so business as usual honestly on that side aside aside from like team meetings and such um yeah. which actually we might change some things with business this way uh we've noticed that um people are performing pretty good working from home and so it's like maybe we'll just diminish our our central location and save some money i don't know I have, it's funny you bring that up. I have had numerous conversations with people about that, that I do like a, I think across the board, just warehouse space and office space is going to take a nosedive now that people have been forced to work virtually. So that's one. So a put might be a good time to buy. And then B 
the the kind of little hidden value as a boss or owner of virtual work is it really highlights who's productive and who's not because you're only able to basically evaluate people on what they produce not like how busy they look 100 percent. i mean not because we questioned this early right like a lot of what we do at fnx is we're trying to uh you know create a culture and a community the same way that we've done in the crossfit community right like we need connection like that inspires people it motivates them it challenges them we get that in-house competition of like oh i'm gonna outsell you today or this that and the other and so we were a little skeptical and honestly worried about the situation and what we've noticed is man we've got a handful of guys just stepping up their game to a new level. And it's really just because now there's no distraction. Um, some of the less productive individuals might not be influencing the productive individuals. Right. And, uh, and, and these guys that, that are hungry and want to be successful are finding new ways to even do that. So I completely agree. It's, it's definitely allowed, at least in our circumstance right now, from that side of our business, uh, the cream to kind of rise. Um, but so, so yeah, I think, I think there's, there's some good lessons that we're learning from the circumstance as well. It's, it's an interesting little kind of like mental exercise because you do want that culture and you do want to be around people, but at the same time, I mean, like you spent just as much time in a locker room as I have, you know, the amount of nonsense that goes on. If you put a bunch of people in a room that like each other and you can all be really productive if, if, if everybody's got their head screwed on right. But at the same time, if you were to really start to calculate how much of that time is productive, it starts to get real small if everybody just wants to, to banter and joke around and do all these things. It, it's, it's a very interesting concept because you're like, the culture here is great, but we're not nearly as productive as we should be because the yeah. culture's great you know exactly. it's like so yep. so what do you do <laughs> it's it's such a balance man it's interesting which so i guess the situation has almost dictated the circumstance of course and so you know we've learned we've learned lessons about it but yeah it, it is a hard balance because of course you always want culture you want that tight-knit group but you got to come around and at least be able to crack the whip every now and again to keep everybody <laughs> uh on task oh man um so so i'm assuming so what kind of stuff are you doing at the gym? Cause that's what a lot of gym owners are. I think everybody's just kind of spinning their wheels and doing what they think is best. So you guys are obviously running zoom classes. Have you guys made some sort of transition to personalized coaching or are you just trying to put out a bunch of resources and people can pick and choose? Yeah, it's, it's more about trying to, for us right now, trying to put out more resources. I mean, the personalized coaching is something that we should strongly consider. And I, I haven't done a ton just because I know my personal time is, of course, kind of at its end right now in regards to where my bandwidth is. But, uh, you know, basically we're programming about three to four workouts, like I mentioned today, and it really depends on the resources. So if you've got only body weight stuff, if you've got a full garage gym, if you've got only dumbbells, um, and, and there's usually a couple variations even of each. So uh, we're really just trying to make sure that every one of our athletes feels valued and even trying to put out just a little bit more detail. And of course, our workout explanation, if it's not going to be a Zoom day or that class isn't going to be available to certain members, we want to make sure that the explanation is even further and further beyond of the intention, scaling appropriately. So it's different, but I mean, you know, it's like yeah. uh, when, you're, when you're thinking about writing out a class plan, you can account for the fact that you're going to be there in person executing it. So it's not like every single word has to be apparent or there. And now it's like we're in a completely different ballgame where I might need to work, write out of a workout plan and have someone look over it to make sure I didn't skip anything. So it's a little it's a, bit more about, you know, making sure that your, your eyes are dotted and those T's are crossed. I knew we were deficient there, but as you're saying that now I'm kind of like, man, we really need to do more like daily, which is like, maybe I need 
because typically we have three variations of the workout, but realistically we probably need four to five based on what people have. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think, I think three is great though, right? Because at least they have options one, depending on how they feel, but two, really it's all about the resources thing. Um, but I think the more right now, the better just because, and, and, and it's unfortunate, but you know, a lot of people, I mean, it's, it's available to them anywhere. So it's like, what is going to want to encourage them to continue to stay faithful to your tribe and to your community and to you as a leader is like, okay, let's just really make these guys feel loved up on. And of course be offering the best service possible. Yeah. We, we just made the switch to kind of personalize. So like this week has been our, I guess our launch slash dry run slash don't mess it up. Um, <laughs> like started like scheduling all of our one-on-ones, getting everybody on track with uh, nutrition and getting their programming settled and I, I think it's going well. I mean, it's obviously highlighting some, th- some things with regard to how much time does this take? Uh, was, is it more than we thought? Is it less than we thought? Um, how much time do people really want and need throughout the week? Um, and what I found, and obviously this is in a, in a very early stages, is like the individualized coaching isn't what, it's seen, what it initially seems like from afar. It's like if you're giving somebody 15 to 20 minutes a week, individualized, like sit down, talk, I feel like most people are pretty happy. And, and, and I'd actually be curious because you've done a lot of this for, uh, for Brute for several years at this point. And I think there's a little bit of a misconception of that this virtual kind of online variation of coaching is hours a week with an athlete. And it's not it's also not to say that it's to rep- it can ever replace in person. Cause it just can't. Absolutely not. Correct. Um, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on that. Like having done, having being more experienced than most people with the online coaching aspect of it. Like, what do you think is inappropriate? Like, how do you dive in on that? Like what's the minimum effective dose to give athletes? Yeah, it's, it's hard to say. And of course, being that it's a one-on-one experience, it's going to be different for each and every interaction that you have, which I think is the first thing that coaches have to be prepared for is like, there's going to be some people, man, that are just going to be easy peasy. Like you check in with them and have an opportunity to be face to face. Like we are now on a zoom or a FaceTime and they're going to feel fulfilled and they're going to feel like you get to know them personally a little bit deeper. Um, And then of course that gives you the power and the ability then to prescribe for them on a one-on-one basis. And then of course there's, there's a different individual that gets behind that camera for 10 to 15 minutes and they may struggle with sharing some things. They might not, it's hard for them to be a little bit vulnerable uh, in that circumstance as well, which then of course for you, you might need to spend a little bit more time poking and prodding. Um, I think over the years, what I've learned to do, and this expands far beyond coaching (laughs) and into like marriage and everything else. It's like uh, you really start to learn how to draw people out. So it's like, you know, you see someone on the other end and you're like, man, I feel like you might be holding something back and maybe you don't need to say that out loud to them, but you ask that next question that then unveils the, the next layer of the onion per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and then all of a sudden though, the, the whole conversation experience and their week to follow of programming and training is completely different because you just know more about what they're going yeah. through. And so I think a lot right now, the value that, that you guys are going to be bringing now with this opportunity for your gym is that there's just a lot of people going through a lot of pain and hurt either due to or worried about their job or the security of their life or what the future holds. Is their job going to change, you know, in the future or whatever. And so I think there's so much uncertainty that at least being able to connect with people like that, I think they'll, they'll love it. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the response has been very, very good thus far, but I did, I did have to kind of 
forewarn the coaches, I said, you should probably have very little expectation with regard to how you think these calls are going to go. Cause like somebody might just get on there and just cry to you or, or you might spend, you might spend 15 minutes on a call and never discuss training. Yep. And they're just like, yeah, I'm good. Like any questions you're training? Nope. Nutrition? Nope. And they're like, all right, we'll talk next week, you know? So I, I think it's just like you, it's, it's, it's not what you expect from a coaching center. It's not like you're going through vi- Like some people want you to watch their clean and jerk. I'm like, that's fine. That's easy. Uh, some people just want to talk to you. That's it. That is it. Literally. I had a call about 30 minutes before we, we got on this, this call here. And, uh, and that's, that's all we did, man. We just chopped it up for 15, 20 minutes and it was kind of about life and the unique circumstance of the quarantine and what's been going on. Um, I of course tried to try to get a little bit of some training talk just to make sure that I was supporting that my, my role as a coach with them. But really it was just, it was just some small talk, man, just chopping it up with a, with a friend. Yeah. And I think that's, that's kind of the big takeaway that, that I would urge people that, and, and I mean, even if you're not doing like personalized coaching, like this is just good practice. Like this is what's going to keep people engaged. Just, you know, not personal coaching, but if you're talking to them for 15 minutes, if you can't get two to three minutes in there of like what they have in their garage and how you can help them modify workouts, I mean, you're probably missing the boat here. So I, I think you can do it either way, whether it's like officially how you move there or you're just checking in on people be like, hey, any, do you need any help with your programming? Or like, what are you doing? How can I direct you a little bit more? Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. And, and even, you know, that, that one question that we all love to hear, not that it always feels better, but like, what can we do better for you? You know, yeah. some people are going to hit you, hit you with the crazy high volume feedback and some people aren't going to know what to say, but at least then that you're presenting that like, Hey, we just, we just want to be better. So let us know. Yeah. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually something over the probably the past several years that I've been really adamant about asking clients and prefacing that with I'm, and I'm not necessarily looking for anything good. Like I want to know what's the thing that bugs you the most in my business so I can fix it. And I think once you kind of open that door, people will tell you stuff that you never even thought about. (laughs) And you're like, Oh, that is awful. I'm sorry. I will fix that right now. So I think you have to ask that. And um, I was actually uh, on another call yesterday and talking about like pairing those conversations with sending out meaningful surveys meaning right. like not like the how was your experience rate it one to ten like a meaningful survey is going to take you some time to create questions that people are going to read and they're going to say he actually wants an answer here you know not just check the box did you fill out the, the survey um, so that's something i'm starting to play around with a little bit i love it, man and I've been in our level level one culture right like we're we're constantly getting feedback that makes us better and it, it ups our, our quality as a trainer to everyone that we engage with. But then of course the participant experience at level one's level two. So I, I, I couldn't agree more. I dig it. The, um, so from a coming, cause you, I mean, you have a gym, man. So what would be your advice to gym owners who are just living in, I mean, this is unprecedented, like times where you just don't know, what to do. You're like, I, am I going to have a business in three months? Like, wh- like, what, like, how do I start to push that stuff? And this is no different as an athlete, right? So like, I mean, you played football in college. Uh, you have to be able to separate the things that are out of your control and focus, but like, what's the first step in starting to 
start to grasp that concept? Oof, that is a great, great question, man. And it's loaded because I, I, uh, it's interesting. My wife and I have had a few conversations about this um, and not necessarily around CrossFit or gym owning, uh, but just in life right now. And there's so much uncertainty. Um, and then of course, a quote that comes into my mind is something that I read. I don't even know. It was probably only about two weeks ago. So it was suiting for the time of life, but it was talking about how, you know, if you deal with depression, uh, a lot of times you're living in the past. And if you deal with anxiety and you're too much worried and living in the future, and if you feel peace, like that's you living in the present. And, um, and, and it's, and it's certainly easier uh, for someone uh, to, to reiterate that or, or verbalize that, that maybe isn't so worried about where the next paycheck is coming from, or maybe has rent established for a couple months. But, you know, to those people that are out there struggling and don't know about the future of their gym or about the future of their business, I think, you know, one, the, the, the easiest way to sustain a positive mindset and to have uh, like a steadfast ability to control any circumstances to first of all, be able to look around and find some things to be grateful for. And as corny as that sounds, um, it, it doesn't matter, you know, if you're down 40 points in a football game, or if you, you just kind of, you know, blue coverage and, and you're a secondary defensive player at a football game, or you just got your shot blocked at, in a basketball game, whatever it is. And I'm using several different uh, expressions, but there's, there's this huge advantage that you can create for yourself in a, in a mental state. Um, when you can look around and be grateful for a few things around you. And it doesn't matter if it's one thing, if it's three things, if it's five things, the more the better, of course. But then it gives you this empowerment of you can create. So if your resources are low, but you're grateful for what you've got, that your lights are on right now, right? Like we've got power, we've got lights right now. What can I do with this? I've got these lights, I've got this power. So how can I create something? Is there someone else that's struggling in this in this circumstance or opportunity, how can I encourage them? Maybe, cause maybe as a coach, you've already established that you love fitness, you love to serve people, but your gym is struggling now cause you can't get, get, you know, get people in the door and you're struggling with rent and you're losing members cause they, they're struggling financially. Well, what can you do for those people? And a lot of times what I would encourage people to do is just find a way to offer a service. One, it's going to bring you maximum fulfillment way more than you would ever imagine. Um, simply because the act of services, what I personally believe is a lot of our roles here on earth as humans. Um, but also it's going to open a window to either a new specialty or a new service that can be something that adds a, a different pay stream or a different, you know, um, add on to, to current memberships and people that you're affiliated with. So um, my, my biggest piece of advice, honestly, is trying to have those moments of gratitude, no matter your circumstance, because I do believe that that's what will give birth to, you know, new opportunities as they arise down, down the road. I couldn't agree more. And I definitely can't say that any better than you did. Um, and I, I've personally gone through that, like the um, like ups and downs. I'm, like we were talking before we record and I was just like, man, I've got like some good days and some bad days where I start getting angry about things I don't have control over. And then I'm like, wait, I have like a really long list of things that need to get accomplished today. And I'm over here focusing on stuff that is either may happen in the future, may not, we don't know, but I don't have, I can't put hands on it and I can't manipulate it at all. So it's just like, what do a, what can I do right now? And it's like, I can fix the things in my gym, whether it's physically or I can go through that list of people and make some phone calls and text some people and do that stuff. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Cause the, and honestly, that's been, was the decision I, I'm glad I made early on. I like, I know gym owners that have locked their gym and have not been back since. Hmm. And I don't know if that's cause it was mandated or not, but I made it a point 
I come to the gym every single day and I'm here all day and I'm like on the computer, either writing programs or on zoom calls with members or revamping SOPs or shooting content, stuff like that. But like, I would not be nearly as fulfilled like you described or feel very productive if I was stuck right. at home the whole time. Yep. So. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be in the proper mind space, man. Like that's, that's where you work. That's, that's what make, that's what you do, right? Like that's who you are. You are the driver. You are the coach. You are the leader. And I think that that's what it is. It's about, it's doing what you, what you can, when you can. And you're putting yourself in a circumstance where it's like, okay, you look around you at those four walls in that gym and you're like, how can I make this better? And you're going to find ways to do it. Yeah. And, and you're going to have time to do things you wouldn't before. Do you have a, um, and so for those people that can't go to the gym, do you have a, uh, an office at the house? Yeah. I just come downstairs to our basement and I've got an area yeah. where of course, yeah, it's, it's kind of set apart. So I do, I can't disconnect from kids and, uh, you know, all other distractions. That's the other thing I, I, I would recommend to people is if you have a spare room that like doesn't really get a ton of use, repurpose it and make it your office. Like I, you just have to be able to go somewhere where like mentally you make a shift to be like, okay, now work starts because I'm in this room, which sounds ridiculous, but work starts when I walk into this room and now I start getting stuff done. So reaper, like the, even the garage, I saw, I was on a, who was I on a phone call? Uh, with I was on a Zoom call, like a, a happy hour or something. And Justin Berg was in the garage and he's like, "This is my office, man." <laughs> I was like, "I get it, bro." Yeah, man. That's this is the guy who's amazing. trying to sort out the games, and he's I his know. office is the garage. You know. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think uh, that's what it comes down to. Honestly, is our, our sanity is going to evolve a lot of our, around our ability to create routine, even if it's completely new. But like, I I just wrote something up for all of our FNX ambassadors that I sent out to that we'll send out this week, and it's like keeping your sanity during this time is going to really be structured around your, your, your willingness to create discipline. And so it's like, you don't have to, but wake up at this time. You don't have to, but go to bed at this time. And then the hours in between have a schedule and do your best to hold, to stay accountable to it. Cause within that discipline and that structure, you're going to have the freedom. You're going to start to have some happiness and then it'll seem more like life instead of just like, Oh, we're just waiting to be out of this zoo of our house or whatever people are feeling like. Yeah. So on that note, with regard to FNX, when, so I don't think I've ever asked you this. When did that start and why and what prompted that leap? Because yeah. that's one of those, that's one of those areas, like that's an industry I would have, I would never go to yeah. me personally. I'm just like, mm, I'm not, I'm not going to go into those waters. Absolutely. Dude. I, I yeah, I appreciate you asking. Um, so FNX started, the collaboration of FNX started in 2016. We launched in August, 2017. Uh, at the CrossFit Games is when we started our website and had a booth there and, and everything like that. So it was timely because it was the year that we had a team competing at the Games that uh, was the last time that we won. Um, but, uh, you know, essentially... I was, I was, I, I was, that's what I was going to say. I was like, wait, you were competing there and launching this at the same time? Yeah, yeah. So, Kudos so to you. My, my, my two partners and a couple of our friends were holding down the booth and our team would, between some of our events, would roll through and try to hang out and meet some people and get some people, of course, to come try some products at the time, which was a pretty small list. We had some cricket protein and some pre-workouts, both STEM and non-STEM uh, and some BCAs. So now our line has about 15 different products and varying flavors, of course, with each one. So it's, it's a pretty wide base, but to, to ask, to answer the question of why um, I, I met Skylar Farns, who is our CEO um, in, in 2016. And this was simply a relationship of 
a young guy who had an entrepreneur mindset who had fallen in love with CrossFit and honestly reached out to me to uh, kind of create some momentum for this brand that he had envisioned, which was FNX, right? So he already had the, the, the story and, the, and the, even the, the passion behind, you know, the, the whole vision of, of really what he wanted. And, uh, and it's mainly because he was a part of a CrossFit community that he loved and adored. And, um, but he also had that, that business psyche, right? Or that business mm -hmm. awareness. And, and for me, um, a lot of times, even at the time executing as a gym manager and coaching online and doing some entrepreneurial type experiences, I hadn't, you know, I hadn't had the background in understanding fulfillment and manufacturing and, and so many different levels to the supplement side of things that it might entail. But Skylar essentially reached out to me, man, to be a part of this more as like a sponsored athlete. And so from that, from that time in early 2016, we started to collaborate and I was giving them suggestions on like product uh, creation because of just being an athlete myself. I mean, I've taken supplements, man, from GNC or online somewhere since I was probably 16 years old, 15 years yeah, old, me too. you know, and I was the kind of kid that grew up with a dad that was mixing this chalky stuff in water. And every now and again, he'd let me take a sip of it. And it was awful, right? Because it was like back in the, back in the earlier mid nineties, of course, but um, so I kind of grew up in that, in that world. And so what I understood is that as our relationship started to develop Skylar and I, and then I was able to, you know, kind of have this vision of where FNX could go and what we could do with it, uh, as a collaboration, that's when we decided to work together officially. And we kind of hit the ground running full speed, I would say around January, 2017 with the big vision of where it okay. would go through August. And that would be our official launch. Um, and, it, and that involved, of course, like trying to figure out exactly what our brand was and the colors and how it was, we were going to tell the story, what a product line would look like, especially early. Um, and then, uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to kind of launch, launch the brand at the games, which gave us tremendous momentum, especially our team having success helped, I believe. Um, but our goal was essentially to have a product line that could be trusted with quality stuff. Um, mm -hmm. We've got a great, great chemist that, that is often coming to us with ideas, but a lot of them are, are our own. And then we go to him and say, you know, what's it going to look like to make this or that? And how do we do this? And how do we set ourselves apart in an industry that's so saturated? Um, and one of the ways that we've been able to do that as well is through community. And of course, both, both myself and Skylar learned that through, through our experience with CrossFit um, of, of trying to foster and manufacture a, essentially a, a, a culture where, you know, FNX stands for the Phoenix, man, like Greek mm -hmm. mythology, you know, rises yep. from the ashes. And everybody's got one of those stories. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing, how old you are, like you've been through something and you want to be something better. And so our vision is through the line of products that we create to fuel you physically with what can supplement a proper diet and training regime. And then of course, be there to support you in regards to inspiration and community uh, with a group of people from around the world that are just telling the same kind of story. Like, Hey, anybody can do it. I've been here and this is what I'm doing now. That's dope, dude. I like that. What's your, what you guys, uh, if, if you're okay putting it out there, if not, that's fine. Uh, do you guys have like a really like audacious, like where do you want FNX to be in three years? Man, in three years, it's hard to say. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I put this into monetary value. I mean, of course we've got monetary goals, but our, our honest, our honest goal is to be, you know, a, a available worldwide right and so okay. right now we we're, we're in a, we're in the u.s and we're strong in the u.s um there are some states that we'd like to be better in uh but and we're in canada and we're in brazil 
So we've, we've okay. started to now, right, go push outside. And that was both of those countries were within the last calendar year. So, you know, this year um, we're, we're looking to expand even greater, but a lot of that is based off relationships. We've through the process of appearing and having fulfillment, excuse me, in other countries, especially some countries that have completely different rules in regards to ingredients and testing and yeah. what they have to do. So, you know, um, we've, we've had some experiences where we've learned some hard lessons. Um, you know, we assumed that, that we might kick off in a couple other countries and it just exponentially grow business. And that necessarily wasn't the case off the bat. So as we learn, uh, one of the biggest precursors is relationships, man. And so as we continue to grow uh, from a monetary standpoint, and, and we've had, we're fortunate enough to have great success there. Uh, now we've got to put ourselves in the, the proper um, communication channels with the right people, I think is yeah. what's going to give us a lot of the success that, that we're going to have going forward. That's really cool. Is your, so is your headquarters there where you're at? Like, where is it? Where is FNX headquarters? Yeah. FNX headquarters is in North Salt Lake, North Salt Lake okay. city. And it's, and it's attached to our gym. So our office. That's what I thought. Office. Okay. Yeah. 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 We've got some offices and a big building. It's called the, the Utah athletic center is the location. And our, our gym is a 4,000 foot square foot gym downstairs. And then we've got about six offices upstairs where, you know, our employees are all spread out and doing different things up there. So what's your, obviously your, your initial target market is CrossFit, but uh, is it, are you guys just direct to consumer? Or are you guys going through affiliates? We, we do go through affiliates. Yeah. Okay. So we, we've got some affiliates um, and, and we, we love to support the affiliates in whatever way that we can, just because I know from my experience clearly in the, in the, in the business, you know, it's, it's really nice to be able to offer your members something of quality um, that is going to add value to their lives and their experience as a training athlete. So um, not to mention the bottom line to the gym owners and the, the yeah. people that are trying to run that business side of things. But so, yeah, we're, we're primarily directly to consumer. I mean, we've, we've been approached and had conversations with GNC and a few other uh, larger distributors and, and stores. And honestly, after like some, some hard, you know, analysis and like looking at and having some hard conversations, honestly, like, where do we want to be? What do we want to be doing? How do we want to make our spend? what is most valuable to us right now and how do we capture what we're trying to capture in the moment is uh, best for us to stay online for the most part. And of course, next year, it might look like something different in 2021, but as of right now, yeah, we're, we're direct consumer. People can just find us online at fnxfit.com. Uh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting, I mean, you starting to see that with apparel retailers too, just like the, the, the days of like the mall and box retailers, they're struggling because everybody's on the internet. I don't need to, pay you know, whoever to, to carry my stuff and then cut into my profit margin. I can just figure out my own distribution channels and get it directly to whoever and really dial in, um, which is cool. You know, it creates a lot of business opportunity for a lot of people. And uh, that's really, really cool. I was, I was curious about the, some of the larger chains and I was like, man, I can't at this point, you'd have a hard time pressing me to get in there just because of the red tape and then the increased cost and oh, the dilution when you just put it in a next to 50 other brands, you know, like why I would prefer to just literally place it in somebody's hand. That'd be easier. Yeah, that's it's it, man. That's it. And we've, we've of course learned some hard lessons. Um, but we, we tried to learn them in, in the state of humility, meaning that like, okay, listen, when we see something isn't working, we're not going to be prideful and be like, well, we got to just, put more money there. We got to, you know, change our labels or it's like, no, no, we're just going to pivot and we're going to stay light and be agile and, and, and 
listen to what the market's telling us and shift as we go. And this online thing is so new to so many direct to consumer, you know, um, companies that it, it took complete different strategy approaches. Like, you know, we had to, we, we had to first recognize that people didn't know how our, our products tasted, but we couldn't necessarily just jump in and have available stick packs and flavor profiles because that's yeah. expensive. So mm -hmm. that took time to get going. But then once we could afford it and had it in the numbers and quantities that we could, okay, now that's an option. And then the next step was we launched this year, something called the victory box where we took our best selling product, which is our greens. And we basically cut the cost in half and allowed it to be a subscription model for people that want a, a micronutrient, uh, product that they're taking on a regular basis just to get their daily vegetables in or, or whatever the purpose of them taking it is. But there's levels. I have a question. Yeah, I have a question yeah. about that. So the greens has obviously taken and for anybody who's paying it even not even it, just paying attention in the periphery. The greens is a big deal these days. Yeah. Why is that? Just because people aren't eating vegetables? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a couple things, man. I think it's 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 both physical and mental. Right. So, you know, I think what we're starting to find out, first of all, the reason that we kind of designed our greens the way that we did, which they're, they're local, they're local greens, which means that they're, they're come from the UNTC basin. Um, it's made out of a five grass blend. Uh, but really one of the, the biggest things is that, you know, the, the, the microbiome, like our gut culture is kind of everything, right? And we're starting to learn the influence of that in our, in our brain health and everything else. And we don't really know if just eating a handful of spinach a couple times a day or eating the arugula from the store that we buy that is, is going to be suffice for kind of that, that root level of nutrient that we're, we used to probably get from eating things that were more close to, you know, the way nature intended to grow them. Um, so I think that's one. People are searching for that higher quality or the ability to do so. Um, and then two, I think mentally it really helps people feel like they're making the right steps and going the right direction. Like if this, and I, and, and I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I've engaged enough people online at this point with questions that, that come from all kinds of different directions about greens. It's really what been one of their first steps in making a healthy decision, right? Like people find it easier to add a greens product to their daily regimen than to cut out those three cans of Coke, man. Like they'd rather add that in than cut out that third can of Coke. And of course we're here telling them like, listen, you gotta, you gotta start letting that Coke go too, man. Like eventually give yourself the treat of course, but starting here is better than not starting at all. There, there, that's interesting because that, that brings up two points. And I was actually talking to some folks in, in, in a mentor group that we have about this yesterday, just nutrition in general. And the question was kind of, well, how do we, how do we start to pitch this idea to people? And you brought up two things there. And the first one is this idea of just supplements in general and acknowledging that for some people, we can all agree that like, yes, you should just eat whole foods. Like that is ideal. Absolutely. That's a perfect, that's a perfect world. But that's also not real life for a lot of people, meaning they're not going to do that. So I can either be upset and argue with the way things are, or I can understand that for many people, and if you think about, if I think about my life and probably yours, if we, if we went back in time into the way back machine and we kind of tracked what you did for a lot of people, supplements are a bridge to eventually eating whole foods. It's just like, 100%. that's where they got to start because it's just easier and it doesn't, it doesn't feel like I'm making this sacrifice. So that's the first thing is just acknowledging that we can put that in the middle from going from really terrible to really good. And not to say that, that supplements are not good for you, but it's a bridge to eating better quality food. It's, it's a first commitment to that. And then the second thing is what you brought up there is 
when doing that, I found it far more beneficial to add something in before we decide to take something out. Because the second you bring somebody in and you start talking nutrition and say, hey, don't eat this or don't drink that, they're checked out. Nine times out of 10, they're checked out. But what you can do is you can do subtraction by addition. If I get you to eat more of this thing, inherently you'll eat more of something else. Hopefully it'll be the thing that we don't want you to eat. Yep. Absolutely, dude. And I, and I can't even, I mean, so, and so much of my experience is looking internally with, with, I'm like, okay, performance has been important to me several times throughout my life. Health is always important to me. And I know this stuff and I teach this stuff and I'm, you know, verbally uh, instructing people on ways to live. And then I look at sometimes my day to day food intake and I'm like, come on, man. Like if I'm not <laughs> able to do it 100%, how are they? And so it's about even providing, like you said, these options. And even, you know, it's funny, but like, I, I, I think about the way that I, I teach some people and I'm like, listen, if you have to, I even pull from like the level one stuff and especially rooting back to when we were sticking by the zone and really uh, shouting that from the rooftops. When I first learned it, I was, I was, I was so enthralled with the application of the zone diet that like, because it did wonders for me, for my physique, mm -hmm. for my performance, for everything. And me so, too. you know, I, I continue to tell people, it's like, okay, so instead of, you know, I know that you want to have that late night snack, but make sure that you drink one serving of protein with that so that you're getting kind of like this three block, you know, combination of your sweets plus your protein before you go to sleep at night. And at least you're in the zone before you, like you mentioned. Yeah. It's uh, I, I've, I've, I, I, I would maybe describe myself as kind of coming full circle on that where it was just, you know, if, you know, for most of my athletic career, cause I was before I ever found CrossFit, it was like supplements were just part of what you did. Like yep. you just walked in and they just handed you a bucket of exactly. you know, cell core or whatever it was at the time or Andro or whatever it was I was taking back then. And then, and then you go into CrossFit and it's just like whole food supplements are the devil. And I'm like, I mean, they have, they have their place, they have their practical application and, and they can, they can be used appropriately for, to get to an appropriate end state. Right. So it's like, yes, we don't want to be smashing protein or supplements like the, for your only intake, like that's ridiculous. But like I said, if that, if that, if you give me two options with a client and they'll be like, Hey, I'm either not going to eat that or I'm going to take like a protein or something. Well, of course I'm going to take the protein because I'm one step closer to getting you understand the value of protein, number one, uh, or greens or whatever it is. Cause like, the number, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. The number of people that I talk to that just have never put a vegetable in their mouth. I'm like, <laughs> all right, well, let's just start with this instead. You know, exactly. Exactly. It's a great bridge. Uh, the, uh, the other thing that I had just cause, uh, it's a weird time for everybody is obviously you have been on seminar staff for a long time. Great coach. And you're, you're pro again, one of the, the unique people in the CrossFit community and in, in the respect that very, very high level athlete you've competed at the games on a team and as an individual, but you've also demonstrated excellent proficiency with regard to the skill and art of coaching. Cause you wear the red shirt and you work on the level one staff. And, and just for the record, I've worked with Adrian, he and nobody else gets on staff because they are fit. That's not how it works. Like he is a hell yeah. of a coach. Um, so what would you, what would you recommend for people who are, because the other thing that I'm seeing is a lot of people are stuck who had, you know, they had aspirations for level three or whatever, and they feel like that has stopped because they're not in the affiliate every day or they're not actively coaching athletes. Where could coaches redirect that focus to still 
sharpen the edge a little bit so that when they come out of this, they're, they are a better coach. They might be a little rusty, you know, interacting with athletes, but they'll be better professionals. Absolutely, dude. And I, I, first of all, I wish I got on staff by my physical performance. I'd have felt a lot less pressure about that. I'd have felt a lot less pressure if they were just like, okay, Adrian, let's see your fastest friend. I'd be like, cool, let's do this or whatever. Done. But no, yeah, correct. Uh, it's, it, it was a fun, it was a fun vetting process to become a member to say the least. And, it, and I'm still honored. And so, so privileged to, be, to wear a red shirt. Um, but to answer your question, man, it's like, uh, this time, and, and I've said the same thing about athletes, uh, you know, this time there's going to be a lot of woe is me. There's going to be a lot of, you know, well, I want to be a professional coach, but I don't have people to coach. How am I supposed to do this? Listen, winners find a way to win. Right. And I don't say that from, a, from like this cliche general perspective. It's like from my life experience, when people have their back to the wall, which I would consider each and every human to a degree has this happening to us right now. It's like, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what three months, six months and a year from now is going to bring. But if you are a coach, listen to this, and you're someone that's inspired at all to, you know, be, be, a, be a better whatever, right? This is the time to double down on your education because there's a time now where you can online find whatever it is. There's so much CrossFit curriculum there on the site. So many different courses you can take. Prepare for the level three like there's so many things that you see a redefined version of Of course you're going to be a little spotty with maybe movement recognition and queuing across the group and keeping everybody engaged from the front of the, from the front of the gym. But man, you can, there's, there's so many layers to, to the coaching onion that it's like, you can just be four layers deeper when you come out of this and they're going to be like, man, I, I didn't even know, I didn't even know Jason knew all that stuff or I didn't even know Adrian was, was aware of, you know, the, the intricacies of the posterior chain and it, and it's, you know, an influence on the pelvic tilt and so many different things that you can dive into though. And I think that, you know, the cream is going to rise in this opportunity. And I, and I hope people can envision themselves as being the cream that will rise. And you're going to do that by really, really investing in yourself at this time. Um, because there's, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some blood in the water when we get out of this circumstance and people come out unprepared. So seize the opportunity. I, yeah, I could not agree more about and and it's unfortunate right it's like but we you have to recognize you know just like you would on the court or on the field that like hey for every misstep by somebody else that's an opportunity to be taken advantage of and not in a malicious way it's just be like it is what it is right like if you know if I, if I was playing basketball and they and I could see what the play was going to unfold and I could see somebody was not about I'm taking advantage like that's because that's just the way it is and it's the same thing here I think there's a lot of people there will be there unfortunately there'll be some CrossFit affiliates that go out of business so if that's happening in your local area like what are you doing to potentially scoop up a larger portion of the market or what are you doing to provide service in this time that other gyms are not doing and consumers are paying attention to that mm. and might make this switch during the time frame because they're like, wait, your gym did what? They gave individualized coaching and they gave you all this. So like my gym didn't do anything, yep. you know? So it's, uh, it's interesting. I, you know, it took me I don't know, t- uh, 24 hours to get over the woe is me. And then I was like full bore. How do I, pr- how do I get productive in this time frame? Where are the gaps? How do I, how do I turn this loss into a win? And, uh, and I, I'll be honest with you. There's, I haven't come up short with ideas of different things that could come to fruition in this time. I'll tell you that. That's awesome. 
I love so. it, man. I think that's what. Now I might not get any of them. <laughs> no, but. hey, dude, exactly. <laughs> but that doesn't matter, man. At least you're swinging, right? You might not make contact every time. You might not be hitting a home run, but you're swinging, and and it's gonna allow you guys to come out in a, in a much better circumstance uh, at the end of all this because th- there's gonna be less affiliates when this is all over. And I'm and I don't say that in a happy way. I say that in regards to you know there's gonna be some businesses that might not last, but those that last are are going to have a bigger stake of the market and have an opportunity to really grow and thrive and prosper after this. I agree. I agree. Well, listen, man, I know you're busy. You got a million things going on. I appreciate your time, but real quick, where can people find you? Right. So you got FNX, you got uh brute. What else you got yep. going on? Where can people find you? Yeah, man. I mean, people can just follow me on Instagram uh, at Adrian Conway underscore. And uh, you know, that's just a lot of my life and day to day. So they can see a little bit of everything I do. My, I always keep at the, the top of my Instagram feed, faith, family, and fitness. Cause you know, they, they might get a little bit of all three or, or one or the other in heavy doses on any given day. So I just like to warn people about what they might see, but uh, that's a great way to just kind of follow along to all things that I've got going on. Um, but FNX and Brood are definitely the two main ones. And that's kind of what, what we're focused on here, here day to day. Anything unique coming out of the, the Brute house here? at all anything you guys do anything different man i mean we're anything you, know, you we're, can disclose <laughs> yeah i mean we're just all we're always learning we're always planning ahead we, we're, we're we're eyeing and, and hoping to do another big uh you know i don't know if, if you follow along with the the challenges that we've done in the past mm-hmm. and we just have a, a documentary that, that launched called the prison games where we got access to a prison we went in had a couple of the brute competitive athletes throw down with prisoners that that have taken some of them have taken the crossfit course man these guys are so passionate um, it was such a great opportunity for them. Um, we've gotten such feedback in regards to the fact that people um, who have someone, you know, serving time, the first time they saw them in years was on our YouTube uh, video of them competing with some games athletes in, in some oh, wow. workouts. So it's a really cool uh, thing to go check out if, if your viewers want to go or listen. That's to on Brutes. Is that on Brutes YouTube channel? Brutes YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so that's the latest thing that we've that we've launched but of course we got some things that we're planning on we're doing our best to keep our athletes as fit as possible just in case some of these sanctionals do start to unveil and either happen online or you know they they get the green light and they can happen in person too so we're just hard at work man that's awesome dude well listen brother i appreciate your time i got a lot of this i think a lot of the listeners will too so take care of yourself don't get the corona and uh hopefully i'll see you on the seminar track here real soon dude but we don't know that's right man hopefully thank you Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, Please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.